we continue to consider the attributes of God. And uh, this would be the last class that we have on the attributes of God so that we will, we will only consider four attributes this year. <clears throat> and then as it is our desire to consider the attributes of God every year, next year we will consider some, some more attributes. <clears throat> we began with the holiness of God um, and we were able to see that God is, God is holy, that God is not like us, that God cannot be compared to humans, that he is completely separate from us. We were able to see that God is completely righteous, he loves righteousness, and he hates unrighteousness. <clears throat> and then we were able to see that um, God in his holiness has sent his son and his son has accomplished righteousness. He has accomplished redemption for all who would put their trust and faith in him so that they would be saved and so that they would be again separate from the world and um, uh, righteous the way their God is. Then we are able to see the aseity of God, that God is self-existent, that he exists in and of himself, that life flows from him, that he is the fountain of life, that he lacks nothing, he needs nothing, he needs no one, that <clears throat> from uh, eternity to eternity, God has always been, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God, and so then he has never needed anything, never needed anyone, uh, and he will never be in need because God is self-existent. So that being comes from him because uh, he is being itself. Therefore, he grants humans being. Our being is not, is not ours inherently, essentially. It belongs to God and it is God who has given it to us because he is a say. He is self-existent. And then last week we were able to consider um, that God is immutable. That God is unchangeable. He never changes. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. In, there in Malachi 3, 6. And we were able to see that God is constant. His love is from everlasting to everlasting. He hates sin with the same intensity. And therefore, he's going to punish it. That God is not like a man that he will lie. He cannot be unfaithful. He cannot change his mind as it were. The being of God cannot change. Even though he is dealings with his people change the being of god does not change god in his essence he cannot change and we're able to see that that's 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 a comfort to the christian because even though we cannot put our trust in men in fact god tells us not to put our trust in men we can put our trust in god who never changes god who is a sure and steady anchor even while the tempest rages on this morning, I would like us to consider the goodness of God. That God is good. You know, it's a very famous mantra in churches today when people stand on the podium uh, to speak to others. They begin by saying that God is good. The audience responds all the time. And then the person says all the time. The audience responds... God is good. 
and then everyone all together says and that is his nature if they are as charismatic as charismatics get they finish with wow um, and this morning i like us to consider what does it mean for god to be good the bible tells us that god is good uh, one songwriter has written these words may your struggles keep you near the cross may your troubles show that you need god may your battles end the way they should and may your bad days prove that god is good may your whole life prove that god is good i like us to this morning see that god is indeed good we live in a world of troubles and sorrows and a lot of pain and sin and uh 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 disorganization dysfunctionality and it may be easy for us to be deceived that god is not good but the bible affirms that god is good now think with me for a moment um of everything in this world that we deem good um when we take a meal we we say that that was a good meal your meal imeweza maybe that's what we will be saying this afternoon as we share lunch together when <clears throat> you know pastor manasse's son uh shane and when when he when he does something that is good his parents will tell tell him they will tell him what good boy and he will even tell it to himself he'll he'll do something good or something that he deems that is right and he will come to you and he will clap for himself and say good boy and then you will join in the choir and you will together say good boy there are many things in this world that we consider to be good uh when we go to school we say that we had good teachers and there were bad teachers um <clears throat> when the farmer has a harvest sometimes he says i had a good harvest and sometimes he says i had a bad harvest um business people will do business and they will say it was good doing business with you or that was good business and so when we think of everything in this world that we may deem to be good we do not quite think it is good because it is inherently good we do not think that it is good because it is essentially so it is not good in essence we don't say i had a good harvest because the harvest is good in its essence if the harvest would be good essentially there would never be a bad harvest if the that boy is a good boy essentially he would never be a bad boy now the goodness of god refers to the perfection of his nature when we say that god is good we are not only saying that god does good things that god is good sometimes like we are or the things that he has created we are essentially saying that god is always good that god is good in his nature in his essence the bible says that god is light and in him is not darkness at all when we say that god is good 
we are saying that there is no imperfection in God. There is nothing bad in God. Nothing evil in God. There is such an absolute perfection in God's nature and being that there is nothing defective in it. There is nothing wanting in the being of God. God is good. And so, so that when we say that God is good, we are saying that nothing can be added to him to make him better. You know, the English word good means that uh, there is something better. And then there is the best. Now, when we say that God is good, we mean that he is the best. He is, <clears throat> he cannot be improved. He cannot be reduced. He is good. When you say that God is good, we are saying that he is perfect. And therefore, we cannot improve him. Listen to how Puritan Thomas Manton puts it. Quote, he says, He is originally good. Go, uh, 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 good of himself, which nothing else is. For all creatures are good only by participation and communication from God. He is essentially good. Not only good, but goodness itself the creature's good is a super added quality in god it is his essence he is infinitely good the creature's good is but a drop but god but in god there is an infinite ocean or gathering together of good he is eternally and immutably good for he cannot be less good than he is as there can be no addition made to him, so no subtraction from him. End quote. Thomas Manton is here saying that God is originally good. That the goodness that we have is like a drop. The goodness that God has, or the goodness that God is, is the, is the ocean. He's saying that God is infinitely good. He is good in his essence. His goodness is not like the creature's goodness. His goodness overflows, emanates from within him. God is not only good, Thomas Manton says. He says that God is goodness itself. The way God is light, the way God is love, the way God is uh, 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 the being with which he is, the I am that I am. The Bible tells us that God is goodness god is good and so the first question in the baptism baptist catechism is um, who is the first and chiefest being and the answer is god is the first and chiefest being and this is to say that god is the highest good god is the greatest good god is goodness itself when you when you know god you know goodness now the english word god uh, 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 can also be translated the good or the good one. God is not only the greatest of all beings, but he is the best of all beings. He is the good one. All the goodness there is in any creature has been given by the creator. It has been imparted from the creator. But God's goodness is underived. Because God is the uncaused one. Do you know that word uncaused? <clears throat> We have been caused, right? We have been created. We have been made. God is the, the 
the, the unmoved mover. No one has moved God. God is the creator. He's not the creature. God is the uncaused one. The uncaused, uh, the, the one who causes all things, being uncaused himself. And so, um, his goodness is underived, for it is the essence of his eternal nature. God, this is what we mean when we say that God is good. You see, God has infinite power. And it's not only that God has infinite power, and consider the uh, uh, omnipotence of God, we will see that God is power itself. It's not only that God has power, it's that uh, 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 without God, there's no power. Because God is power itself. As God is infinite in power from all eternity, before there was any display of this power that God has, or any act of omnipotency granted, so God has been eternally good even before he has communicated the abundance of his goodness, the, the bounty of his goodness. Um, and thus, the first manifestation of divine perfection was in giving of all things, was in giving being to everyone and everything. Go with me to Psalm. The Psalms. Psalm 119, verse 68. Uh, let me read from verse 65. Psalm 119, from verse 65. You have dealt well with your servants, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Verse 68. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. And so we are told there that God is good. He does good. That God has in himself an infinite and inexhaustible treasure of all goodness, all blessedness, all beneficence, enough to fill all things. I'm emphasizing this point because I need you to see that God is good. He has always been good. God will forever be good because goodness is the essence of his nature. All that comes from God all that emanates from him, his decrees, his laws, his creation, his providences, cannot be anything but good. God is good. Now think of the creation for a moment. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. <clears throat> and consider with me that when God makes everything... God finishes by saying that it is good. He creates light. And he saw that it is good. Chapter 1 verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. 
verse 6. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Look at verse 12. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Look at verse 17. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over, uh, over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. God creates everything and he sees that it is good. Everything is good. Look at verse 21. So God created... Um, God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Everything that God creates is good. It's good. Look at verse 25. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds. And everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God creates everything and he sees that it is good. It is good. Look at verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made. God created everything. And behold, it was very good. Everything that God made was good. You see there that the goodness of God is well displayed. I'd like you to see first of all that God displays his goodness in creation. When you look at the creature more closely, we will easily see the goodness of God and the goodness of the creator. If you love documentaries, um, <clears throat> and you can freely get uh, uh, these documentaries on nature on YouTube, and, 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 and look there and see how God has created the universe, how God is grand, how, how God is creative, and His goodness is displayed in the way He creates things. And everything that God has made is indeed good. Apart from sin, were it not for sin, everything that God has created would be glorious. And, and this is what we will have in the end. That in the end, God will make everything perfect. Even better than it was when he created it at first. But then the goodness of God is first of all seen in God creating, in creation. So that when you look at the things that God has created, we see the magnificence, the goodness, the beneficence of the Creator. Think about man for a moment. And we could say that he is the highest of God's earthly creatures. 
man has more than enough reason to say with the psalmist, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. This is Psalm 139 verse 14. If you look at the way God created man, you see the goodness of God. If you do not have hands, how would you be able to operate? Without feet, how would you be able to move? God in his goodness has created man in such a way that man is able to create other things. Man is able to make other things. And if God were not good, nothing good would come out of anything. A.W. Pink says here, everything about the structure of our bodies attests to the goodness of their maker. How suited the hands to perform their allotted work. How good of the Lord to appoint sleep to refresh the weary body. How benevolent his provision to give to the eyes, lids, and brows for their protection. And so we might continue indefinitely. End quote. Pink is saying here, God has been good to give us sleep. God has been good to give us eyelids so that it protects our eyes. God has been good to provide for us uh, um, everything that we have. In his creation, in his creating us. Now the goodness of God is, is not constrained or confined to him creating people alone, to him creating man. God exercises his goodness to all his creatures, to all his beasts. Psalm 145. Let's go to Psalm 145. Psalm 145 verse 15 and 16. The Bible says, The eyes of all look to you. The eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hands. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Bible is here telling us that God is good. He is the one that grants the desire of everything that is living. That every, everything that is living looks up to God. Depends upon God because God is good and, and we know that God is good because he supplies all his creatures, all his beasts with what they need. Go back to Psalm 136. Verse 23, it is he who remembered us in our low estate for his steadfast love and you was forever and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love and you was forever. He who gives food, look at verse 25, he who gives food to all flesh for his steadfast love and you was forever. God supplies all flesh with food. Truly the earth is full of the goodness of God. That's what we have in Psalm 33 verse 5. In Psalm 33 verse 5 we read, He loves righteousness and justice and the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. He feeds the birds of the air and clothes the lilies of the field 
to display his goodness to the created order. When God feeds the bird of the air, he is essentially saying, I'm the one who feeds the beasts. When God clothes the lilies of the field, he is essentially saying that I'm the one who provides for all of my created order. Why? Because I am good. And so the goodness of God is seen first in creation. The goodness of God is also seen in the variety of things and pleasures that he gives his creatures. God might have been pleased to satisfy our stomachs with food in a different way. I mean, it might have well been that we don't have a tongue. We just put a spoon in our mouth and food falls into the stomach and we become satisfied. But that's not how God made us. God granted us uh, taste, the gift of taste, that we are able to enjoy food when we eat it. When, when, we, when we taste food and we, we feel and we uh, embrace, as it were, the sweetness of it, we know that God is good. We are able to take that food to the glory of God because God is good. And so that even though he is able to provide for our stomachs in a different way, in any way that he deems fit, his goodness, um, his, his goodness is seen in, in granting, the, in, in, in granting uh, taste. Um, <clears throat> he's the one that provides for us the, the pleasures that we have. When you sleep and you feel that you're refreshed, it's God who's done it. And it is for his, for his glory. And it's because he is a good God. Listen to what A.W. Pink says here. It says, Our physical lives could have been sustained without beautiful flowers to supply our eyes with their color and our nostrils with their sweet perfumes. We might have walked the fields without our ears being saluted by the music of the birds. Whence then this loveliness, this charm, so freely diffused over the face of nature, verily, the tender mercies of the Lord are over all his works. He's saying that we might as well look at these things and not see that they are colorful and enjoy and rejoice in what God has done. We might as well not hear the birds singing. But, but then he's saying that, oh, how God is merciful, how God is good, how God allows us to see color, how God allows us uh, uh, to, to hear music when it's sung and to rejoice in the beauty of the things that God has created because God is good. And so the goodness of God is, is seen not only in his creation but also in him granting, granting to us the pleasures that we have in this world, uh, the joy of walking and the ground bearing fruit. Even though God cast the earth when we, when we, when we sinned, God cast work we are able to rejoice in that same work because God is good he allows us to work and he allows us to benefit from the work that we do oh how God is good I'd like you to see that the goodness of God is seen in that when when we sinned against him 
God did not pour his wrath out all at once. Thus then we know that God is good. When we sinned, God might, has, uh, might have as well removed every good thing from us, every enjoyment from us. Even now, think with me, when you sin, you don't deserve the least of God's blessings. But because God is good, he grants you life and breath and movement because he is good. And so God does not pour his wrath all at once. When you consider this, it's, it's a wonderful thing. You know, we rejoice in the mercies of God, that his mercies are new every morning. And this is because he is good. There's a sense in which every other, every other of, of, of the attributes of God, like patience and love and mercy and kindness and faithfulness, all of them kind of emanate from the fact that God is good. It's because God is good that he is faithful. It's because God is good that he will not break his promises. It's because God is good that he loves sinners. It's because God is good that he, he displays his love to sinners by sending his son. Which is what we will be considering this, this morning. When, when you consider that God is good, when you pause for a moment and think, oh, how God is good, you'll be able to see that the number of times that you have been sick in your life are less than the number of times that you've been healthy, right? And this is because God is good. Even when someone, someone gets sick so much, like when you, when you become sick and you become sick and sick and sick many days in your life, for a long period of time, you know that something is wrong. Because God in his goodness has granted that men walk around healthy. So that when someone is sick constantly, we know that there is a problem somewhere. And I'd like you to see that this is because of the goodness of God. Essentially, we should always be sick. We should die because of our, sick, of, of our sin. Because of our evil nature. We should not have anything, any blessing from God. But then because God is good, health seems as though it's a norm, no, normalcy. As though, as though we should be healthy all the time. And this is because God is good. God is good. He does not pour his wrath. He does not allow us to continue um, in our state of sin and to... Uh, to get all the miseries that come with sin all at once because he is good. Now, <clears throat> when you consider the evil things that happen in this world, the sorrows and the suffering in the world, um, we, we can't say that because of the sorrows and the sufferings that are in this world that God is not good. Think that men have sinned against the goodness of God. And when men sin against the goodness of God, God uh, has all the right to remove any form of blessing from them. And so that when people are sorrowful, when troubles abound, 
when people suffer in this world, they do not suffer as though they don't deserve it. They suffer deservingly because that's what they deserve. And so then, God is good in the sense that even later on, He's going to punish all evildoers. If God would let sin slide, He would not be good. But then because God is good, He's not going to let sin escape. Go unpunished. All your sins, all the sins of everyone that has ever lived in the face of this earth will be punished because God is good. We experience the effect of sin in this world in the sufferings and sorrows that we go through. But make no mistake, in the end, God's goodness will be seen when he punishes all evildoers. Because if he would not punish sin, if he would not punish those who would misuse his blessings, if he would not punish those who would abuse his benevolence, if he would not punish those who would trample upon his goodness, his mercy, God would not be good. But because he's good, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I'd like you to see lastly that God's goodness is displayed um, uh, much greatly when he sends his son to die for our sins. The goodness of God is revealed to us most illustriously when he sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That's what we'll be considering in the morning sermon, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. The goodness of God is displayed when God gives his son, which is what the whole world would be celebrating this morning. Uh, that God has sent his son to come to this world. That's the, the epitome of goodness. God looks at the world. He sees that men are in need. That sinners are going to perish. And then he intervenes. And you remember that someone there in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 onward. But God. Were it not for God. Men would perish in their sin. But God. Comes in. Because of the riches of his mercy. That's what the text tells us. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God displays his goodness by sending his son. God displays his goodness by granting the gospel. For in the gospel, the power of God is made manifest. For everyone who believes, it's the power of God for the salvation of all who believe in Him. And that is the greatest display of the goodness of God in sending His Son. 
my dear brethren god is good god is good god has not only given you the temporal blessings that you have god has given you the means by which you will you you will or can escape eternity the gospel of christ the lord jesus christ himself god has done this he has not left men to perish unless they continue in their sins he has granted a savior for the world he has allowed that christ would be born into this sinful world into this wicked and crooked generation that he would walk on the dusty roads having left the streets of gold god is good he has displayed his goodness in granting his son the lord jesus christ is there any question or comment before we consider some few applications Listen to what C.H. Spurgeon says here. Quote, When others behave badly to us, it should only stir us up the more heartily to give thanks unto the Lord, because He is good. And when we ourselves are conscious that we are far from being good, we should only the more reverently bless Him that He is good. We must never tolerate an instance and belief as to the goodness of God. Whatever else may be questioned, this is absolutely certain that Jehovah is good. His dispensations may vary, but his nature is always the same. And you hear the you hear you hear there when when Spurgeon is speaking the interchange of the attributes of God you know the infusing of all the attributes of God his goodness and his immutability so that even though God in his dispensations in his dealings with men changes his nature is always the same so that even in his goodness God never changes God will never become evil If you watch these movies where there's a character that is good in quotes and then something somewhere happens along the plot that this good person becomes evil and that's not the case with God It's not as though God will uh, at some point become evil You see the way we 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 say that God is all powerful and then you imagine that there is this being that has all power that can do anything anywhere at any time however he pleases because he's sovereign and then we are afraid wow what if God changes his mind his immutability reminds us that God can never change his goodness is strengthened by his immutability that because god is good because god can never change he will never stop being good he will always be good he will always be constant in his goodness 
in his love, in his hatred for sin, in his mercy. He will always be good. God will always be good. Let's make a few applications here. One, we are to praise God for his goodness. We are to praise God for his goodness. Go with me to Psalm 107. passage that uh, kind of expounds the goodness of God that would be Psalm 136 give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever and the psalmist continues to describe how this steadfast loves, love look, looks like in Psalm 107 verse 8 we read let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man. Some translations render it. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. We are to be thankful. We are to praise the Lord for his goodness because we are the objects of his love and kindness and beneficence. We are to praise the Lord. Our, the disposition of our heart should be, I will bless the Lord at all times. And praise shall continually overflow, come out of my mouth. I will praise the Lord at all times. Unfortunately, people withhold praise from God, even after God has been so good to them. Even after God's goodness has been so abundant, people withhold praise from God. You ought not to withhold praise from God. You ought to constantly meditate upon the goodness of God, how God has been good to you. People, people kind of think of the troubles that they have so much so that they forget that God is always good, even in the midst of the troubles that we have in this life. People uh, uh, um, cry over their sins more than they rejoice over the goodness of God in granting forgiveness in Christ. You are to praise God for his goodness. You are to thank God that God has been good to you. That you can go to God through Christ. That you have life and breath. That you have the light of the sun. The, the air that you breathe. The raiment that clothes the place where you lay your head, you have all that you need. The Bible tells us that God has given us everything that is needful for us, for, for life and godliness. Um, the hymn writer says, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is my health and my salvation. We ought to praise the Lord for His goodness. And then number two, we have to trust God more and more for his goodness. We have to trust God more and more for his goodness. Because God is good, 
the believer should never mistrust God. And that's what, that's what Spurgeon is saying there. When he says that we must never tolerate an instance unbelief. As to the goodness of the Lord, whatever else may be questioned, this is absolutely certain that Jehovah is good. We must always trust God. It is this excellency in God which should most appeal to the hearts of his people. You know, this excellency of goodness, that God is good. That his goodness will never fail. His goodness will never change. God will not stop, will never stop being good. Because his goodness endures forever. We should never be discouraged. The hymn writer says, we should never be discouraged. What are we to do? We are to take it to the Lord in prayer. We should never be discouraged. We are to take it to the Lord in prayer. And this is because we trust in his goodness. What a friend we have in Jesus. We trust in his goodness. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Trust in the Lord. <coughs> See his goodness and trust him. Trust that he is good. He is good in his decrees. He is good in his creation. He is good in his laws. He is good in his providences. Trust in him. Whatever God ordains is right. He will never deceive us. He will never forsake us. He will never grant that which is not good. And therefore we ought to trust in him. Is there any, any question or comment before I finish? It's not as though we are exhaustively considering these attributes. Um... But it is enough of what we are considering that it will help us to walk faithfully with the Lord. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Oh, how you are good. Your steadfast love endures forever. Oh, we thank you that you, you, you display your goodness in creating you display your goodness to us. You display your goodness in the pleasures that you give us. We have taste. We have sleep. We are able to rest. We are able to work. We have the means. Lord, you display your goodness in not pouring out your wrath all at once to us. Because we are sinners. And Lord, you display your goodness in sending your son to come and die for us. To come and take our place. Lord, we praise you. And we pray that you may help us to praise you all the more. We trust you, Lord. And we pray now that you would help us to trust you all the more. We grant that we would consider this attribute of goodness, that our souls would be comforted, that our trust would be strengthened, that our praise would be amplified, that you would be glorified in our hearts, even our lives. Please remind us of this truth over and over again, that we would bow before you, 
for this is the purpose for which we are considering the attributes of God, that we may be able to worship you rightly. Hear us now, Lord. Receive this prayer because we pray in Jesus' name.